Canine Cast number 11. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us again for the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And greetings, it's Walter. Hi, earlier this week, Walter was talking to someone who is currently living in an apartment and is interested in getting a dog. She was looking for some advice, so he gave her some hints and pointers and decided that that would probably be a good topic for a show. So today we'll be talking a little bit about living in apartments with dogs. And really, this would pro- a lot of this information would apply also to living in condos or townhouses, um, any, any place where you, where you may be renting or you may not have a yard. So... Um, when Walter and I actually got Toby, we were living in an apartment at the time. So this is this is something that we've done, and it's quite fun. And, and it can be done successfully so long as you plan ahead. And actually, um, speaking of planning ahead, a great way to start this whole project is when you are first looking at apartments to move into one. What you want to find is an apartment that allows dogs. Now, there are a number of apartments that allow pets, but many of them will allow only cats or will have weight restrictions where the pets need to be rather small. So you'll want to look out for that. And then if you do find apartments that will allow larger dogs, they may also have a restriction on the, on the types of dogs or the, or the number of dogs. So these are all things to keep in mind when you're looking for an apartment, but also when you're making the decision on um, what what dogs to get, what size of dog, how many dogs, because you want to keep in mind that if you are currently renting an apartment, that you may want to move to another one at some point in time. So these are things that you'll be wanting to look for. Because, of course, none of us ever want to have to be in the situation where we're having a difficult um, time finding some place to live. Um, with our dogs because that can uh, that can be really really difficult yeah like our friends who have the nine animals and actually i was incorrect they have the 10 animals we talked about on the 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 last show last show before that number nine yeah and uh they just have to rent they just have to buy a house wherever they end up they they can't they can't get any apartments with this kind of animals with the little zoo they've got going on exactly exactly which which of course you know the animals are well worth it i mean they're such a blessing to have around but that is something to keep in mind um, because, you know, it's, it's not fair to you or your animal to, you know, to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to be separated in order to find somewhere to live. So make sure that you plan ahead, that you look, you know, that you look for an apartment that will fit your plans for a pet. Make sure that you um, pick your pets according to what you're going to be able to find in apartments. And when you do that, you know, make, make the commitment that, Whatever you need to do, even if it's buying a house everywhere you go, um, somehow that, that that's what you are going to do. And keep in mind, too, that with apartments, you can normally you can normally find an apartment where you can live. It just may not be necessarily your first choice for an apartment. But, of course, your, you know, your animals are, you know, are much more important than, you know, simply where you live. It's, it's a small price to pay to maybe live in an apartment that's a little bit smaller or in a different part of town or whatever. So with that said, um, make sure to think about that as you're first looking for apartments. Now, once you have your place and you're looking for your dog, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
I par probably partially because of the weight restrictions that apartments put on pets, but um, but also just because you know it, this is how it seems it would be. A lot of people think that smaller dogs are better suited are better suited for apartment life. That is not always the case. To to give you an idea, there are there are quite a number of small breeds that are just just too energetic to be able to live in an apartment easily. Um, a, as a group, a lot of the terriers, um, this would apply to, uh, particularly Jack Russells, which are, you know, a cute dog that are very popular now. So, you know, if you've ever seen Eddie from Frasier, I mean, hey, he looks like a calm dog and he lives in the apartment with Frasier, but actually uh, apartment life can be really tough on a Jack Russell. They need a lot of exercise and a lot of room in which to get that exercise. Now, conversely, um, there are a number of big dog breeds that actually do very well in apartments. Uh, for example, Great Danes, believe it or not, as huge as they are, are actually can do quite well in an apartment so long, at, you know, so long as they get to go outside on walks every day and get a little bit of exercise that way. But um, it just it just really depends on the breed of the dog. And then, of course, to make matters a little bit tougher on the personality of each individual dog as well. While you can make generalizations about a breed, um, such as you know, Jack Russells are, are um, very energetic and Great Danes are calmer, there are some energetic Great Danes and some calm Jack Russells. So these are just some things to look at and keep in mind as you're trying to decide which dogs to get. And then, of course... The, the best place to get your new dog is going to be you know, at your shelter or a rescue. And, of course, PetFinder.com uh, is a great place to look for dogs in your area and kind of get a look at many different dogs that may be at many different rescues and shelters in the area. When you're looking at these dogs, a lot of them may actually be mixes, and you may not be able to tell for sure what kind of a mix it is. So just kind, kind of do, do your research and keep in mind um, some of the breeds that may, do, that may do a little bit better or maybe a little bit tougher in apartments. Look for dogs that kind of meet that mix, but also look for dogs ac more according to their personality. You'll want a dog that is, is a little bit calmer or that when they do play, they're able to calm down a little bit more quickly. Um, in the past, we we mentioned an excellent resource, um, Sue Sternberg's Guide to Choosing a Dog from the Shelter, which is actually a good guide for choosing a dog from anywhere because it has tests in there to help you determine these kinds of things, such as um, how energetic and excitable a dog is, which will be important for you, um, even, if you're not, even if you're not living in an apartment, but especially if you are living in an apartment and you want a dog that's a little bit lower key. So um, to give you an idea of some breeds that generally do well in apartments, um, some, of, some of the better known ones would be, say, a Chihuahua. As I said before, uh, Great Danes actually do, do pretty well, but keep in mind that um, a lot of places will have some weight restrictions, so it's a little bit tougher in a lot of places to find apartments that will take um, the bigger dogs, which... Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get one. Just keep that, just keep that in mind when you're looking for this. Um, poodles tend to do pretty well and poodle mixes um, tend to be, you, you definitely need to exercise them and you need to train them and give them, you know, that mental stimulation. But so long as you do that, they can do pretty well in an apartment.
not uh, we're not talking about standard poodles so no well well ac- actually um a sta- a standard poodle um would be okay too they need they would need a little bit more exercise because they're bigger but um but they would do okay although um gen- generally speaking the miniature ones are probably a little bit better suited because they can get a little bit more exercise in dogs um some other some other ideas um laza opsos and shih tzus um and another dog that many people don't think of at all um b- at all being um kind of low key and calm is the greyhound right when when you think of a greyhound you think of them you know rate you know racing as um you know as they were bred to do and you know chase, chasing down prey but the f- the fact is that they were actually bred to run very fast sprints but only for a short time so as long as they are able to get a decent amount of exercise a couple of times a day and um maybe go on some long walks actually they um they're sometimes called the world's fastest couch potato because the rest of the time they just like to lay around so they're actually great for apartment living so those are just some you know a few breeds to give you you know a rough idea of some things that you can look for but there are a number of breeds that do well um in apartments So make sure that you look at that, keep that in mind when you're looking for your dog. Also keep in mind the actual individual dog's temperament. Now, in addition to picking the right dog for your apartment, of course, the the biggest factors that are going to help you be successful here are going to be the training and the exercise that you give your dog. If if your dog um doesn't get exercise even if even if it is a lower energy dog, it will be more likely to kind of act up in the apartment uh, and as well any any dog that isn't trained can be a little bit a little bit tougher to live with regardless of if it's in a house or an apartment or anywhere so please make sure when you are you know when you're getting your dog that you're committing yourself to exercising your dog multiple times daily that you are going to train your dog and keep up with that now Toby is actually a, ch- a Chihuahua Terrier mix we believe and he is quite a hyper little dog. So we did so we did have to work hard to exercise and train him while we were in the apartment. But but he did fine. He did fine. It was just, you know, a commitment that we had to make. So that's why I'm saying, you know, you can you can even take a more a more hyper dog and they can still be successful. It just really depends on you. and you making that commitment that whatever you need to do with your dog to be successful that you will do it. Of course, planning ahead when picking out your dog helps as well. All right. So, now we're at the point where you have an idea of what dog you're looking for and you're ready to to go get your dog. What I recommend you do now is go ahead and let your apartment know that this is what you're planning on doing. Make sure that that it will be okay for you to have a dog and also that the dog that you have in mind is going to fit within their requirements. Um don't just assume because you see somebody with a dog that that means dogs are allowed there and don't assume that just because you see someone with a big dog that means that big dogs are allowed. Um those thi- those things can change over time and you know you know some sometimes you know I've I've known people who have actually thought that it was okay to have a pet at their place and then later on found out it was not which is not something that you want to have that you want to have to deal with later on so make sure that you check on that before 
And in our experience, in places where they allow dogs, they'll actually be pretty excited for you and and want to see it. And, you know, the apartment that we lived in just loved it when we brought our, our dog over to visit with them. They loved it because they were like, yes, the pet security deposit is ours. <laughs> well, that maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But um, but but in, in any ca- in any case, definitely let them know. Don't try to just um, slide by. And also, that will be important for in case anything, you know, heaven forbid, anything happens. Or even if the maintenance man comes by, they'll know to look out for your dog so it, they don't leave the door open and your dog doesn't slip out and get away, which would be something that would be terrible to have to deal with. So let them know this and let them know it beforehand. Go ahead and you know make sure you pay your pet deposits, even though they can be rather expensive it's well worth the peace of mind of knowing that you're you know that they know about your dog they'll be looking out for your dog and you don't have to worry about being evicted because that's never a good thing um the same you know and and even if you aren't renting even if you own a condo or a townhouse be sure to check with your condo board and make sure that your dog will fit within their requirements as well because again you don't want to have problems after the dog is already there it's a lot easier to take care of these things beforehand so um, another thing, too, is in an apartment, keep in mind that you are more likely to come across other, other dogs, if dogs are allowed there, and little children and all kinds of different people. So you will want to keep in mind when actually choosing your dog that it's, it really is going to be even more important than normal that the dog is going to be friendly towards other dogs, friendly towards other people. Because you know, you'll be living in close proximity with them and you don't want to have any problems with your neighbors. And you know, also just um, make sure that you are courteous to your neighbors regarding your dog in general. Um, just little, little things like um, scooping the poop while you're on your walks and making sure that your dog isn't barking while you're away. And letting your neighbors know that you have the dog and to let you know if the dog's barking bothers them so that they don't have to go complain to, um, to your landlord or the condo board about you, goes, goes a long way um, toward, towards helping to keep everybody happy about your dog. And real fast, are there any quick tips for your dog is barking when you're away and you want to do something to help your neighbors from going crazy? Um, well, of, cor- of course, um, like I said before, the things that you are going to want to commit to doing when you decide to bring this dog home are exercising and training it. So of course you will want to, uh, to train it. If you, if you notice that it is bar- that it habitually barks or is, you know, a barky dog, um, go, go ahead and try to train it to be quiet. Just, just by doing things like when it is quiet, really, really praise that behavior. That's a good way of teaching your dog that, um, that quiet is good. But also if you exercise your dog, if you give them things to keep them occupied while they're at home without you, um, such as, you know, toy, toys, um, Kongs are good. They're uh, a toy that you can actually fill with food and the dog has to dig it out of there. Um, another, another good one is there are many different toys where your dog can push it around like, like it'll be a ball um, or, you know, or a box where your dog can kind of push it around and get and little treats will fall out of it. And it kind of, um, gives them something to hunt for, uses the uses those dog hunting instincts and kind of keeps their mind occupied. So that way, when you're gone, they're not going to be sitting there, you know, barking out the window the whole time. They have other things to keep them to keep them occupied. 
Um, some, some other things that we've found that have been helpful are also um, putting on music, especially classical music. It'll, it'll like reduce the outside noise level inside the apartment. That's absolutely right. And also, the, you know, the, the saying that um, music calms the savage beast is kind, is kind of true. Uh, it, do, it does tend to calm them, and that's why I, I specifically say classical is good, because it does um, tend to have a calming influence on the dogs. And then, then, of course, if you want to, you can be like us and set up a webcam so you can see what your dog is doing all day. And that's, that, may, that may seem to be a little bit much. But, um, but you know, if you, if you want to, it's, it's never a bad idea either, just to give you um, some idea of things that you can work on, especially when the dog is first there. Now, something else to keep in mind when you're going, when you're going to get this animal and bring it into, a, into an apartment or a home of any kind is that you are probably going to lose something of value. All right, this, this thing could be a TV remote control. It could be your shoes. In the case of Toby in our apartment, it was the blinds, which we had to replace for the apartment. In the case of one of our friends, it was the wall um, that her dog actually decided to chew on the baseboards and chewed off the drywall on the corners of the wall. Uh, luckily, this was in the condo that she owned, so they were just able to repair it, and it wasn't a big deal. But do keep in mind that these things are, are going to happen, and that if you are in an apartment where you're renting, that you will need to, uh, to take care of those. Um, don't necessarily expect your pet deposit to cover it all. And keep in mind, too, that when you have a pet, it's even more important that you are responsible with it when you are in an apartment or in a condo somewhere that what your pet does is going to affect other people because you tend to become kind of an, an ambassador, not only for your own pet, but for other people who have pets. If, if landlords find that they always have problems with people who bring pets into their apartments, it's not going to be long before they decide that they're not going to allow pets in apartments any, anymore. On the other hand, the more landlords that have good experiences with people with pets and find that it's something that attracts people to that apartment, um, the more the the easier it'll be to find apartments that will allow dogs. So keep that in mind too, and be prepared to take care of whatever da damage your animal may cause. Because when they when they first come home, or even if it's one that you've had for a while and you're moving to a new place, um, chances are that something will be damaged. Just plan for it in advance, and it's not nearly so upsetting when it does happen. Uh, lastly, we recommend um, you, you definitely need to exercise your dog. However, when you are outside in, in this area with a lot of other people and dogs, and you know, different things can happen at all different times, be sure to keep your dog on a leash. Even if your dog is very well trained and will stay near you, you don't necessarily know what the other people are going to do or the other dogs are going to do. So for your own dog's safety, please keep it on a leash with you unless you are in a closed area. Of course, if you, you, know, if you have some closed-in tennis courts or racquetball courts or something else that's enclosed at your apartment complex or your condo or in your condo, then that's a great place to take your dog, um, close it up and let them run off leash and get a little bit of exercise. And again, always make sure that you clean up after your dogs. So I think we've gone over um, a number of just tips and hints. If you have any feedback or any further questions, 
about things um, things to do to make it a little bit easier to live with your dog or find a dog to live with you in your apartment or condo, then please write in or give us a call, and we'll love to go over that on the air with you all. Any, any extra tips that you want to add, Walter? Um, no, other than the fact that we have lived with a dog in an apartment and that it was a wonderful experience, so you can do it. Yeah, you you can, and it is, and it absolutely is wonderful, and it's also a great way to meet your neighbors. If you have if you have a nice, friendly dog, many people are are attracted to that, and they'll come over and and you know and pet your dog and get to know it. And before you and before you know it, everyone in your complex will know your dog's name, even if they don't know yours. So that's that's the positive upside to it. We definitely recommend it, um, just to you know to keep in mind on, at the forefront. Um, that you need, you know, the different things that you need to do in order to do it successfully. During the past few shows, we've been asking you to send in your stories about your dogs, be they funny stories or touching stories or rescue stories. And Mark has actually sent in an audio recording of the story of his dog, Fly, who he actually adopted. And he recorded this story in his car while he was driving home from work. So you're going to hear a little bit of the street during the story. But it's a great one, so please enjoy. Hello, Tara and Walter. This is Mark from over at Eblo the Weblog. I wanted to share a dog story with you guys. Um, I apologize for the noise. I'm in my car, but this is really the only time I get to record random stuff, pretty much. The dog story I'm going to tell you is not about my current dog, Martini, which I know you've seen pictures of, but this is uh, of my previous dog, Fly, who I adopted in a way. Um, I actually adopted her from my parents. Kind of, kind of funny how it worked. When Fly came into our family, uh, she was the puppy from our third lab, Abby. She was from the second litter of puppies. So at the time that we got Fly, we actually had four black labs. We had Magic, Abby, Presto, and Fly. Abby was short for Abracadabra. Fly did not fit into the magical theme at all. She was named after my grandfather, who was a, a flyweight boxer, and and he was called the Fly. Anyway, um, Fly was... Uh, we got her about the time where, you know, I was too busy hanging out with my high school friends and whatever. I really didn't care much about the dogs. And, uh, you know, they were nice to have around, but more they were just something that I had to let out or feed or whatever. Um, at that point, I did a little bit of hunting, but she was she was definitely not one of our primary hunting dogs. Um, my dad had his, his other favorites that uh, were really well trained for, for retrieving and... And Fly was more of a house dog, and she was my mom's dog. She, you know, would follow, well, they would all follow my mom around the house. Anyway, um, several years go by, and I get through high school, and I get through college, and I wind up moving up into the middle of the woods in my grandparents' old house in Wisconsin. Uh, My grandparents had passed away, and my parents owned the house, and... I was basically house-sitting for them because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life after school, and they weren't ready to retire to this house. So I lived up there for a few months on my own, and I don't know, kind of thought about having a dog once or twice, um, but really just kind of liked being able to you know, stay out as late as I wanted and not really worry about anybody but me. 
it was nice to be, you know, continue that, that school trend of being selfish and alone for a while. Anyway, the first fall I was up there, my dad came up to go duck hunting. Now, my dad is an avid duck hunter. Uh, there's nothing, I think, in life he would rather do than duck hunt. And I've always hunted a little bit, but, you know, with school and that, it, it had been a while. But living up there, you know, he came up to hunt, and I went with him. And when he came up, he brought up... Now, I'm trying to think of who we had at the time. I think Emma was our yellow lab, who still is our yellow lab. I think she was the superstar dog at the time. And I think he just brought Fly along um, just to give her some exercise, maybe to give my mom a break from the dogs for a while. But so she came up as well. In uh, when we were going out duck hunting, my dad said, well, why don't you take Fly? You know, she, she was basically trained, but, you know, wasn't wasn't as well trained as as Emma or any of the other dogs that we had, retrievers that we had. So um, I said, okay, that's that's fine. I'll take her and you know, we'll see what happens. Well, uh, I actually shot a couple ducks and she retrieved them for me and she wasn't as crisp as she could have been, but she did a great job. And I didn't really think too much about it because, you know, in my life, that's, you know, that was a dog's job. You didn't get too excited about it because that's what they were there for anyway. So you didn't, uh, you know, freak out when they did the job that they were supposed to do. Later that day, because we, we were hunting in the morning and, and I don't remember if we limited out or we just got, it got hot and we went home, whatever. All I know is we were back at the house and I was cutting the grass with the riding mower. Now the yard is, uh, I don't know, it's like three acres, four acres of grass. And I was cutting the grass with the riding mower and I was going for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes when I realized that Fly was following me. She was, she was following me exactly where I was going and I noticed her because I had to back up at one point and I, I almost ran, ran her over because she was just right behind me. And I didn't really think too much about it, but it was a pretty hot day, and as I kept mowing, I noticed she was still behind me. And I thought that was kind of funny. So, um, she actually was following me so much that she started panting, and at one point I stopped, and I actually made her go drink some water, because like I said, it was a hot day, and she was, she was you know, getting tuckered out. I didn't want her to overheat and dehydrate or anything like that. So I, I uh, got her a bowl of water and, and uh, you know, told her to lay down on the porch, and she did. And then I went back out to the mower, and as soon as I started it up, she started following me again. Well, my dad saw this, and he said, I think you have yourself a new dog. And from that day on, she followed me everywhere I went that I'd let her. That's how I adopted a dog from my parents. Oh, so that's a, that's a sweet story of how he ended up getting Fly. It almost sounds like Fly adopted him at the end there. Yeah, it was kind of cute. At first, I thought when he was saying the dog was following him behind his lawnmower, I was like, is there a, you know, is there a bird, a duck attached to the lawnmower that he's trying to retrieve for him or something? Like, what's going on? But that's just too sweet that, you know, Fly really did find him. Yeah. So with that, we're at the end of our show tonight. So we'd like to remind you to please go ahead and keep sending in those stories. We love to hear stories about our listeners' dogs and also to send in pictures of your dogs. We have a new one up that we received since the last show from a listener in Australia. 
Um, so that's, that's really exciting and some pretty dogs in that picture. And, of course, as always, if you have any comments or questions, please send those in as well. And we would love to go ahead and talk about those on the show also. As always, I'll leave you with this final thought. If you haven't already, please spay or neuter your dog because it's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.